This is the message given by Pastor James Lim during the evening worship service at Faith Presbyterian Church, Long Beach, California, for November 5th, 2023. The title of the message is The Discretion of Wisdom. Well, if you would now um, turn with me as we open God's Word, if you would turn with me to Proverbs chapter 5, one of the uh, central books in the wisdom literature, Job Psalm Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. We've been going through um, uh, various aspects of and, and various characteristics of wisdom in the evening service. And this evening we come to, to what, the, what the writer of Proverbs describes as the discretion of wisdom that discernment that comes with wisdom that um, helps us to bridle uh, our more base and sinful hearts and nature uh, as the Lord's grace works to shape our lives. And one of the ways in which that happens is um, uh, guarding, guarding the wisdom that has been given to us rather than giving ourselves over to the folly of sin and of indiscretion. So here then now the reading of God's holy word beginning in verse one. My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps follow the path to Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander, and she does not know it. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. <clears throat> um, last week, we looked at... We looked at how out of the abundance of the heart, our mouths speak. We looked at, I'm sorry, not last week, the week before that. I, you know, uh, the, the last time we met uh, here in, with, from Proverbs, um, uh, we looked at, at how our thoughts, our words, and our actions are all downstream from the heart. Uh, that our heart is like a fountain and the rest of our lives is downstream. So if we... If our heart is filled with poison, then everything else, uh, our lips, our lives, our actions, our thoughts are all going to be poisoned with sin as well. And so as our hearts go, so also do our lives and our, our, uh, our speech. So tonight, the father here, this is that, that, that the proverbial father, if you will, lays out another aspect of wisdom to encourage his son in the area of discretion, the discretion uh, of lips and lives. And discretion, you know, biblically speaking, is that, that um, it is that characteristic that, um, the characteristic of a person where they can discern and choose right from wrong. Uh, they can discern and choose what is wise versus what is foolish. 
They can discern and, and, and decide between what is more wise and what is less wise uh, among uh, good options. But, um, and so tonight, maybe the, the way to think about discretion is that it's the guardrails of our lives that arise from our wisdom. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, if you've ever been to uh, a, a high building, you know, a high rise that has like a little veranda, the guardrail, it's like the, it's the thing that keeps you from falling out over, right? Uh, or if you're, you know, the, I, I still remember going to the Grand Canyon and thinking, oh yeah, this is great. There's guardrails around the, the observation spots, right? But you walk down the rim and it's, there's nothing. I mean, if you slipped, you know, if you slipped, you'd fall right, you know, thousands of feet down, down the canyon. And so the guardrails keep you there. The guardrails are what, what, you, what the wisdom that you put in your heart, that God puts in your heart, excuse me, that keep you from falling over the edge into folly. And so tonight I'd like for us to consider the wisdom and folly, the wisdom of discretion and the folly of indiscretion as we live our lives to the glory of God. So let's consider what this means for how we, uh, how we ought to live. First, we see the wisdom of discretion that guards what we say and how we are supposed to live. This is a much neglected area in the Christian life as well as in, in society at large. It's one of those things that we don't really think about as much as we used to in the ages past. Uh, here we see how wisdom comes to bear in what we say. Look at what he says there in verse one. My, my son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding. That's kind of like that formula as he enters into this new teaching here. And then what is that understanding? What is that wisdom that he wants his son to hear? That you may keep discretion. Discretion is the exercise of that wise judgment and thought, word, and deed. It's being wise in what you reveal about yourself in any given situation. It's putting a filter on what you think, say, or do, and not just blurting out uh, things without weighing the impact of what you say. Have you ever met someone who has no filter? You know, and they don't, they don't, maybe they don't mean it, but sometimes whatever the first thing that comes to their minds can really hurt somebody. They can be very insensitive and really, uh, uh, the person hearing it can, it can really hurt them. Or, or something, you know, that they're not supposed to say, they say, and it's like dropping a, 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 a bomb in the middle of a room and just destroys everything. And uh, one of the, one of the perfect examples of the indiscretion of folly in our, in our current moment is the, is the dangers that go along with social media. Because of the illusion of internet anonymity, we think we can say and, and do and write whatever we think we want, whatever comes to our mind in the heat of the moment. Uh, but most of the time, what we put, on, what we put into social media uh, has real-world impacts. Uh, in the cases of cyberbullying, where kids bully their classmates online, it is so heartbreaking to hear how it affects those kids. 
In ages past, when you were bullied, you could go home and leave it all behind at school or on the playground. Um, of course, you would have your, you would have your, um, your emotional scars from being bullied by, by that school bully, but you could leave school and go home and have a respite from it. But if it's a cyber bullying, if it's a bully that comes to a child through the internet, it's always there. Um, and it's always there on the screen for, for it to continue to just come and come. It's so easy to press the, the click button. It's so easy to type in and write whatever you want over and over again because it's not that hard for a bully to do that. The notifications just come one after another on that computer screen, that phone screen. And these cyber bullies don't realize how much damage they're doing to their fellow classmate because they think it's harmless. It's just words. Uh, and so they don't stop. They keep doing it over and over and over again and they don't let up to where the bullied child is so broken, deflated, and devastated that um, they fall into a deep depression or, God forbid, they kill themselves because they think that that because everyone else, they think that everyone else sees what's on what the cyberbullying is say, what the cyberbully is saying, they think that that's the sum total of their life, and they're never going to recover from it. And so, the only way out for them is to kill themselves. And so, they just end their lives. There are real consequences to to words. And so, the writer of Hebrews tells us to keep discretion, and your lips may guard knowledge. And that's really what discretion is. It's guarding knowledge, guarding uh, right from wrong and applying it to your speech uh, and to the, the, the way you conduct your, your life. It means exercising wisdom as to what you say, when you say it, and how you say it. The tongue being so intimately connected to our hearts, I think I've talked about this before, that the heart is a loudspeaker, I'm sorry, this tongue is a loudspeaker of the heart, that... Um, what is in our heart is amplified in what we say, and it can do all kinds of, it can bless people or it can curse people. It can edify people or it can tear down people. Um, it can uh, give people life through encouragement and words of life, or it can actually take life. Uh, the, you know, uh, the Apostle James in his letter talks about the very the damage that s- the s- such a small organ can can wreak havoc. Uh, it's it can start a wildfire, you know. If you you know, and I think you know the past four or five years, if anything has um, uh, taught us any, anything, that when when the circumstances are just right, only a little spark can 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 cause millions and millions and billions of dollars in damage, uh, thousands of lives. Uh, you know, uh, the tongue is. Um, is like that. Uh, so we're trying, so, you know, with, with this discretion of wisdom, we're trying to do two things in our hearts. One, we make sure the darkness of our sinful hearts doesn't flow out through our tongues to do more harm than it's already done in our hearts. Uh, let, let me, the, the, what I'm saying here is, 
you know, we, we're not going to be perfect, right? Our, we're still going to have sin and folly in our hearts. Uh, and discretion is helping us to bridle that sinfulness. Right? And this is, this is a true sign of Christian freedom. This is a true sign that we have been transferred from the domain of darkness, the dominion of darkness, into the kingdom of his marvelous son and of his kingdom of light, is that we are not completely given over to our sin. Now, for the first time, when we first put our, our faith in Christ, we've been born again, and now we have the freedom not to sin. Now, it's, it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean we're perfect, but, but uh, we can slowly grow in our holiness and our sanctification, put off sin, become more right, more holy, to where we will sin less and less over a period of time. And the discretion of wisdom uh, is applying that principle to our hearts and to our, our, our lips. So when you, when, before you became a Christian and you had absolutely no filter, you said exactly what's on your mind and you couldn't help yourself to, to, to get that last word in when you're arguing with your wife or, or to get that last word in, but, 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 uh, to your teacher or to your, to someone at work, but, but, you know, and you want to get that last word. And when you could not bridle your tongue that way, when you've been born again and you, you're, the shackles of your sin uh, is, is you've been set free, you can begin. And over a period of time, say, you know what? Uh, I can just shut my mouth and not say what comes to my mind, not hurt, not to say the cutting words that, that used to cause so much damage to the ones I love, not to be so sarcastic, not to be so mean, not to try and get the last word and not to, to, to uh, win every verbal battle that comes my way. And so we're bridling the damage that would, would ordinarily be done if we couldn't, uh, if we didn't have that discretion that comes from God's grace in our hearts. It is also, secondly, uh, it's also making sure that we are wise in our speech because we need to be wise in, in what we say and how we say it. Uh, it's the Proverbs, it's what I call the Proverbs 25:20 idea of not singing songs to a heavy heart. It's saying the right thing at the right time in the right way. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, the writer of Proverbs will say is, you know, a fitting word is like a, a, a blessing to the people of God. Um, listen, listen to Proverbs 25, 20, and tell me if, if uh, you've never experienced this in your life. Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart, and the idea of heavy heart is to a broken heart, to a, 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 a heart that's uh, burdened by sadness and tragedy, Whoever sings a song to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day and like vinegar on soda. Um, you know, singing songs being like, um, you know, if I, I, you know, I, I think um, maybe more than a few times we've heard this where we've suffered one of the deepest loss that anyone could suffer. A friend, a very close friend, someone, a beloved person dies. And, uh, and a well-meaning Christian comes up to you and says, oh, yeah, you know, all things work together for the good of those who love him or are called according to your purpose. You'll be okay. 
Like that, that's not what you want to hear when your heart is completely broken and shattered into a million pieces. And so the discretion of wisdom uh, is something like, you know, just don't say anything. Just be there. Weep with them and hear them. Listen to them. Uh, but don't sing. Don't sing happy songs when their hearts are broken. Um, because it really will be like taking off a garment on a cold day. It's going to be a shock. It's going to be uncomfortable uh, or like vinegar to soda, right? I, th- I think it may be, if I remember if, if uh, vinegar and baking soda, it, it's going to explode, right? It's going to be like a volcano. And, and um, so, it, so what the writer is saying here, that discretion is, is, is to uh, say the right things appropriate to the occasion. Uh, let's move on. Secondly, we also see the danger, uh, uh, the danger and folly of, of indiscretion. The indiscretion of folly uh, in various areas of our lives. In verse three, the father tells his son what happens when you don't keep discretion in, in your speech. It's like the sweet lips of a forbidden woman, right? It's, it's like her oily, smooth lips that just say the right thing to entice you into her grasp. But in the end, it's really a bitter pill and and as sharp as a two-edged sword right into your back. The imagery is, again, uh, that of a prostitute, a temptress who lures you in with her words. We saw this a few weeks ago, you know, going down that dark alley. Hey, you know, you're on your way. Hey, you know, um, I've got... Uh, a cool uh, glass of water. Do you want some, you know? And, uh, and you're a married man and she's inviting you into her home, you know, dressed in a provocative way. Uh, the, the words of, of folly is like that, that prostitute inviting you in. And just like honey, and here's the thing, it's sweet when you first taste it, but when you, but at the end, at the, at the, tail end of, of the, the flavor profile in your mouth, it's bitter. A very sweet. Uh, and, uh, and yet, what's interesting is that it's very sweet, but it's pure sugar. And there's, there's not as much nutritional value as, you know, good whole food, right? You can't live off of honey, if you do, you may know, maybe it's, you, you get diabetes. I mean, you know, it's not meant to be eaten all by itself and it's not meant to be eaten uh, as much as, as, uh, as we would like. And, and it's too sweet to where if you just eat honey, it's going to make you sick. Uh, it's interesting, this past summer when I was in um, Korea, there was a lot of street food, lots of street food. And we would, uh, there's this um, deep fried dough filled with sugar, Brown sugar, nuts, uh, cinnamon, and it's like super, super sweet, super good. And you take one bite, you're like, "Oh man, this is really, really good." And so, I, so, the, so I bought one. I'd eat it, and then I would, you know, I'd be like, you know, maybe I should get another one, <laughs> right? Maybe I should get another one. <laughs> you're laughing hard, huh? <laughs> we so I get another one because you think, oh, you know. You get, you get a whole nother one and you take a bite and it all of a sudden it's like too sweet. I think your it's like your body's like saying, don't eat that, this is too sweet. And it didn't taste as good the second time around. 
and and the indiscretion of folly is like that. We think we want it at first because it's sweet, but when we really t- eat it, take it for what it is, it becomes bitter. Um, and so that's what happens when you only listen to the loose lips of a prostitute. It becomes bitter in the end. Indiscretion of lips is connected to the indiscretion of our lives. And when we can bridle our tongues, we learn to bridle our hearts and turn from the temptation of sin. So what happens if you don't exercise indiscretion? What happens if you do taste the honey-sweet lips of a temptress, like the sweetness of honey? You feel good at first. You feel exhilarated. But you will go down the path to down to death in Sheol. She doesn't care about the way of life. For her, she doesn't think she's lost, but she really is. This reminds me of the stories of the, of the rise and fall of so many movie stars, celebrities, and rock stars. They get a taste of fame and glory. They can't get enough. They party and party and party. They start out drinking. They need something stronger, so they graduate to recreational drugs, uh, then to hard drugs, and then they get hooked. They can't seem to kick it, and it totally ruins their lives. Their beauty, fame, and riches fade so quickly that they can't take it. Their idols have failed them, so they lose all hope. So what do they do? They try and kill themselves, or ultimately, in the end, they, o- they overdose on drugs. Marilyn Monroe, Amy Winehouse, Karen Carpenter, Robin Williams, and more recently, Matthew Perry if you are familiar with the Friends uh, TV sitcom. Countless more have lived this road and this life, and countless more will in the future. And so the Lord is calling us not to go down that road. This is the path to Sheol and the way to death. This is the start choice, friends, brothers and sisters, of the choice between wisdom and folly, One leads to life and the other death. And what this ultimately points us to is the wisdom that we find in Jesus Christ who kept discretion and guarded his lips in the knowledge of God. He knew what to say, how to say it, and when to say it. He spoke in parables and proverbs. He taught with all knowledge and authority but he also kept his mouth shut and didn't say a word before his captors like a sheep before shearers. He didn't defend himself when he could have, but he was meek, gentle, mild. And in doing so, he taught us the discretion of wisdom in guarding our hearts, our lips, and our lives. And ultimately, the climax of this, of of becoming this discretion of wisdom is that in taking our sins, he took the folly of our sins and he drank the bitter cup of God's judgment in our place. He went down, uh, down into death. He walked the path of Sheol as he carried our cross up Mount Calvary. He died 
for our folly so that we might live in his wisdom. He drank the bitter cup of wormwood and the gall so we might drink the cup of his blessing. So friends, brothers and sisters, let us live in the wisdom that he gives us and exercise uh, that great, that very powerful testimony of discretion in our hearts to bridle the sin that so easily besets us uh, and to, to be free, to exercise the wisdom so that we might say the right thing at the right time in the right way and that our words would contribute to the giving of life to those around us and to ourselves rather than taking it through the indiscretion of folly that tastes sweet at first, but in the end is bitter and leads to death. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you. We thank you for the discretion of your wisdom. Help us to, to know uh, ever more better uh, what that looks like in our lives. Uh, Lord, help us to not succumb to the temptation of folly and of sin, but to uh, trust in you who died for us so that you might become for us the wisdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.